This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Bears Illustrated Podcast, your home for Baylor, Baylor athletics and recruiting on 24-7 sports. I'm Pranay Malampati alongside Andrew Miner. Back to doing the intros. Andrew, how's it going? Hey, pretty good, Pranay. Man, what a, what a season. What a season. Ups and downs. Peaks and valleys. So this is the first time we're recording since Baylor lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to Creighton. Um... Second year in a row that Baylor's lost in the second round, and, and just just a lot of peaks and valleys this season. Um, we can maybe touch on a couple of things. Obviously, um, lost to Virginia at the beginning of the season, then beat, beat UCLA, and then lost, got crushed by Marquette, who ended up being really good, and then beat Gonzaga, and started off 0-3 in conference play, went on a winning streak, finished off kind of weak, but still got some good wins over Kansas and Texas, and then lost early in Big Twelve tournament, lost early in the NCAA tournament. So what uh, what do you think of this team, and uh, what can we learn from this season? Yeah, um, yeah. Just I think it's just another lovable Baylor team. You know, first and foremost, great great season. A lot of significant victories, um, a lot of great, likable players, uh, really good basketball players um, that will kind of be in our memories for for a good while, right? Um, and I, th- I think the name of the, the game was, you know, consistency. We just we weren't as consistent as, as we needed to be this year. And again, Baylor was playing without a true point guard and a true center. Um in my estimation. So, you know, they're kind of playing one hand behind, you know, tied behind their back with, with players doing roles that they didn't need to, you know, that they don't necessarily do full time. And, um, uh, at least the point guard position, you know, center was, um, you know, unfortunately full time, but just wasn't as good, but he wasn't a true set, a center. Um, like, like we saw with like Creighton or uh, some of these other teams that made the final four. And, you know, they just need to find a way to be more consistent. And I think that starts with the defensive end. So offense was really, really good. Defense was really, really bad. That's why they got bounced early in both tournaments. I think it was no surprise, no shock to anybody. I think everybody saw it coming from a mile away. Praying was going to be a tough matchup. Um, And we were kind of just praying that, you know, we could shoot well, shoot hot, and get through it. Um, and the main, main takeaway I think would be you gotta play better on defense and you gotta, um, you know, just be a, a little better, <laughs> you, you know, more physically, um, present in, inside. So I think those were the, you know, the main takeaways, uh, in terms of what we can learn from to answer your question. And my question for you, Pranay, would be, 
you know, what, what are you going to take away from this season? What, what's going to stick with you um, most? Yeah, I just th- I think the, the biggest thing that sticks out is just the peaks and valleys. When this team was playing well, clicking on all cylinders, it was really good. It was one of the top teams in the country. And that's why we both thought that they could potentially make a run in the NCAA tournament if the matchups favored Baylor. Um, the matchups ended up not favoring Baylor. Creighton was very tough matchup for this particular team especially with Keontae George injured um I do want to point I, I just want to I guess and likes the love and, and likes the love out for sure but I do want to maybe say that Keontae George was not a failed experiment he was really good for most of the season obviously he was up and down but he was he was one of the three guards that made this team as lethal as it was on offense arguably the best offense in the Big 12. Um, He got hurt in February, came back, and just wasn't the same. I think that if he was healthy, the team could have done more. I mean, honestly, if they just hit their threes like they had been all season, very well could have won, could have beaten Creighton. And and given how that bracket ended up turning out, I mean, Baylor could be playing today if they just just hit some threes. Or not playing today, but playing next weekend if they just hit some threes. Uh, but I think what I remember, what I will remember most is just how lethal the offense was when it was firing on all cylinders and how poor the defense was. Yeah, and something you said there about Keontae George uh, not being a field experiment really stuck with me. I think Keontae George is probably the best freshman um, we, we've seen come through the doors. At least he was rated as such, right? Um, highest rated recruit coming coming to Baylor, and he played like it for most of the season. I think there were times where just as a freshman and as someone that needs the ball, you know, in their hand a lot, you know, you're going to just have to live with some of those, a lot of shots that, you know, he may have quote-unquote chopped up type thing. Um, But if, you know, think about his NBA future, if he can find a way to hone that, obviously improve shooting-wise, but also, like, you could get to the rim. I think there's a stretch. There's a in that stretch that first uh, winning streak that we had. Right, we lost the first three Big Twelve games, and then we went on that that run. He was getting to the bucket anytime he wanted. He was knocking down shots. Every the game was so open to him. And then I think other teams kind of watched the film and figured, okay, how this is how we're going to play him, right? And then of course he got he got injured um, in in the Texas game at home, uh, but he. The thing that sticks with me about Keontae is he cared about Baylor and the program um, visibly, emotionally. I think you could see that. Like he wore his heart on his sleeve a little bit more than you know maybe some other freshmen that that have come through Waco. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, that that was evident. And I think you know Kendall Cal, who we had who we had on the podcast earlier in the season, um, he tweeted out like after the after the lost crane, like. Hey, uh, you know, Keontae told me after afterwards, like he could have gone the blue blood route, he could have gone and made a lot of NIL money, like Duke, Kentucky, whatever. Um, but he chose to stay home in Texas, chose to go to Baylor, kind of leave a legacy. Um, and he was distraught, obviously, walking off the court with a towel over his head. Um, right. So I think that you know that speaks to a lot of character. Like you, you know, he didn't want to look at and take an easy way out. Uh, you know, type, he wasn't looking for an easy path. Like he knew that going to Baylor would be harder than anywhere else. Um, 
Granted, right, not that, so not, not that hard. I, I thought it was an int- well, okay, you know, relative, but I thought it was an interesting, um, you know, comparison uh, statement yeah. that you made afterwards. No, no, I love that statement. I saw that as well. Um, I think it shows two things. One, obviously, about him. It makes me respect him even more. Like, not that I didn't respect him to begin with. I did. But makes makes me like him even more as a player, just showing that he cares about Baylor that much. And also shows that, yeah, maybe Baylor's not on that level of blue blood programs like Duke and Kansas and Kentucky and UNC when it comes to recruiting. But it's a school that big-time recruits are looking at and are coming to. Um, Absolutely. And that's why I think it's important to make sure we keep getting these top recruits. I know it's easy to say maybe, look, this one-and-done thing isn't working out. We've gotten bounced early in the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament for two seasons straight now. But I think it's important to build the Baylor brand. Um, to it, it, Getting top recruits is obviously going to help with the with winning more games, to, with consistently competing for Big 12 titles. Um, I think Scott Drew will eventually figure out how to coach these freshmen and young players into players that can help the team compete for championships. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Cute baby. Um, Thanks. And then, yeah, Baylor's getting two more big-time recruits this upcoming season Jacoby Walter a five-star shooting guard who just won Missouri player of the year and then Myra Little who's a four-star point guard which I think will be really big considering the point guard troubles we had this season yeah yeah and I'm sure we'll do some more podcasts on you know what what's what's next year gonna hold um and I, I think you're right like getting recruits is important you know developing the brand making Waco a destination um, and I'm I totally believe you can get NIL money and uh, be in Waco and be on a superstar team I mean Baylor proved it this year that they were up top 10 preseason top 10 they fell all the way out and then they climbed all the way back up to the top 10 got a three seed and just couldn't quite you know pull it unfortunately right I, I think you kind of saw the writing on the wall BUC uh, UCSB Santa Barbara right and Kind of struggled, like didn't play great. Shout out Caleb Loner. It was a great game, like yeah, uh, from from him, and he obviously struggled all all year. Um, and then you saw Creighton kind of struggle from the three point line against uh, NC State, and their their big guy uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner, um, seven one, thirty one points against the Wolfpack. And I think I think it was pretty obvious in the Baylor strategy of like, hey, Scott Drew said we're going to double down. We're not going to get let Kalkbrenner uh, beat us. And, um, you know, Creighton only made two threes against NC State. They made all their threes against Baylor. That's how it goes, especially when they're wide open because we're trying to, you know, just not let that one guy uh, beat us at least early on. That's what it That's what it looked like. And shout out LJ Pryor in that game. You know, he, he should be back next year. But career-high 30 points against Creighton. And honestly, he should have uh, taken way more shots that game. He was the one on fire and feeling it, I, I felt like he should have just chucked up a lot more because there was a, there was a chance like, uh, of, of a, of a comeback. That would have been wild. But like when we went down 18 per day and then we kind of chipped away at it, I think we held Creighton scoreless for like four minutes. Um, I think we went down 18 at like the seven minute mark and then 
all of a sudden it was like an eight-point game, and then I think LJ turned it over a couple times, um, trying to dish it to, to Biggs um, down low, once on to Jonathan Chalmachachua on a pick and roll that I think really he should have handled that, and then the other one, the very next possession, like he got caught like in the air, am I going to shoot, am I going to pass, and he tried to pass to, to Josh O, and, um, and he wasn't you know looking, so it was an easy turnover, and that kind of you know, sealed their fate, but... There was a sliver of hope there. It would have been cool, but wasn't wasn't meant to be. So hopefully, one of these you know years we can uh, get out of this first weekend. It's been yeah. rushing to, to yeah. watch. <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple of years now. Um, but of since course, the national we'll have, championship, since yeah, the national championship, exactly. So we yeah, can't we're, be complaining we're too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the future on on. Uh, podcasts moving forward so let's turn it to, let's turn it over to the women's team now who also lost in the second round of their NCAA tournament but it was not a disappointment after the season they've had and it was good that they won that first game after a, a, a big comeback against Alabama um, seven versus ten matchup and then lost to UConn where in a game where they played really well in the second round so, what yeah, are your thoughts on that? You're, you're, you're exactly right. Um, so let's let's just take round one first because that was that was epic, right? They got down twenty two to four, spotted the Crimson Tide at twenty two to four lead after the first quarter, and and then slowly just worked their way back, chipped their way back. Um, that was an incredible, thrilling game um, to watch. That's what March Madness is all about. So, shout out to them for you know really not you know taking that punch and. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Keep them going uh, because that would have been devastating, especially if like that shooting performance had kept up for against Alabama uh, and we got blown out like 80 to 50 or something like that uh, because that would have been an awful look but credit everybody uh, Jamie Asbury Jane Owens Sarah Andrews Bickle um, everybody played really well and then and then they kind of kept it going against UConn uh, which I think we kind of talked about like we didn't expect them I don't think anybody expected Biller to beat UConn but there was something about Nikki Collins' team on the road this year of, um, of playing well right taking that underdog moniker and running with it. Um, and to their credit, they were only down five at halftime. And if not for like a buzzer beat of three by UConn, they would have only been, been down two. And then they worked all their way back. Jay Owens had a three um, to tie the game at 46. 
And then from there, um, the Huskies just went on a phenomenal run. Uh, Ozzy Fudd outscored Baylor, I think, in the third quarter by herself. Um, and and they ultimately, you know, lost in stores. It was a tough way, obviously, whenever you lose to uh, go out like that. Uh, Hart goes out to Caitlin Bittbull, only had three points, but, you know, played well. Uh, I think Dariana Lillipage-Bugs was dealing with a finger injury that game, so she wasn't quite as effective, um, you know, as you would have hoped. Uh, but I think the future is still pretty bright for, for Baylor. Um, I think it gives them something to, to build on, for sure. But it was a, a tough loss, and then it was surprising to me that UConn just did not show up against Ohio State in Sweet 16. That was, I think, a shocker to everybody as well. Yeah, surprising. Um, but yeah, exactly. I don't really have much more to add. Baylor came out firing, hit a lot of threes in the first half against UConn. Um, kept it a good game for about about a half. Um, and then UConn just turned it up and pulled away in the third quarter. Yeah, I'd say two and a half quarters. But, but yeah, to your point, UConn pulled away. Yeah, um, and what, anything stick out with you this year on the on the women's season? Um, when you look at it holistically, anything stick out? I mean, I guess like you said, the the fact that they were so good on the road against good teams, and then kind of just met against everyone else at home and everything. Um, I guess the big thing for me is Kim Mulkey taking her team to the final four. <laughs> We told you. I mean, we every, all our listen. We told all the listeners uh, that LSU was a Final Four team. We said that in that season, and uh, you know, kind of like their their favorable uh, region that they got, and they got the benefit of, of having some um, you know one seeds get upset in their in their region as well. But yeah, Kim Mulkey. I mean, props to her. She was texting um, some some folks that uh, you know are close to that that program and. Um, you know, just congratulating them on on the accomplishments. So that was, uh, I don't know if you watched the game at all, but it was a terrible Elite Eight game. LSU played against Miami. It was like, it was like 26 to 20 at halftime. The final score was like 52 to 40 or something like that. Um, it, it was garbage. Yeah, yeah, so bad that, that they interviewed Kim Mulkey in the fourth quarter um, during one of those TV timeouts or whatever. And she was like, Man, if I was watching this on TV, I would turn the TV off. <laughs> and the announcers were like, please don't turn the TV off. Like, <laughs> But she was just like, this This score is awful. The, the team, Miami and LSU combined for tonight to shoot, uh, I think, one of 27, one of 30 or something from, from three. They only made one three between the two of them. Three percent. It was like 3.7% the team shot combined from three-point land. Um so it was a really miserable uh, game for sure. So, you know, the cynic could look and say, hey, LSU played a soft schedule, and then they got some benefits of the upsets, and they play a really just muddy uh, style of basketball. Uh, but, hey, they're going to Dallas. They're, they're going to the Final Four. So, you know, props, props to them. I'm, I'm happy for them, personally. Yeah, I'm happy for Mulkey as well, absolutely. She, she did so many great things while at Baylor, brought – Respect to the Baylor women's basketball program won championships, so can't be can't be, can't be upset about her making it to the final four. I hope she wins it all. Um, probably 
going to lose to South Carolina at the end of the day, but it'd be cool. I have a hot take for you there if you want to listen to it. As, as we uh, kind of – first of all, I agree with you about the season. You know, the, the road the road wins, I think, gives Baylor something to, to build on, as well as the freshman. I really like the freshman. Um, yeah. Hopefully they grow. But as we transition to the Final Four, I mean, we're here. Final Four weekends are, are upon us. The women's field isn't filled out yet. But the um, but OSU obviously Kim Mulkey's in, and then Caitlin Caitlin Clark and Iowa are in the final four. Um, yeah. they'll they'll get the other two tonight. One of them, South Carolina, is the favorite in their Elite Eight game, and then Ohio State of Virginia Tech is the other one. And I think I think the winner of South Carolina Iowa will win it all, and I think it's Iowa. I think Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes upset South Carolina. I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there. Really? Wow. That is a hot yeah. take. We shall see. We shall see. Well. What about the men's Final Four? It's in Houston tonight. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go? Four teams. Three, three for the first time ever. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, Miami. and UConn. Who do you got? Who do you like? What do you like? I'm going to go UConn. I think they're... By far the most talented team in the Final Four. There was a point in the season where they were number one in the country and are they are one of the most talented teams in the country and they've been playing like it during this tournament. They've blown out every single team they've played in the tournament. They destroyed Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. Um, there has not been one competitive game for them so far. And quite honestly, I don't know if any, any of these three teams – any any of the next two games, if either of them is going to be a better team than Gonzaga, even though they've obviously made it further. So I'm going to go with UConn. I, I could see Miami pulling it off with their fast pace of play. And then obviously shout out to FAU and San Diego State for making it this far. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go UConn. Who's your pick? Yeah, I like... I think UConn's a clear favorite. I'm going to say San Diego State. Okay. Uh, Iowa and San Diego they, State. They took, down, they took down Alabama. They can play fast pace. They can play slow pace like they did against Crane. Um, I don't know. They, they, they seem tough. I think we were texting before the Elite Eight matchups, and I said I like Diego State because I think they'll be tougher than Crane. It was a really close game, obviously. But I'm going to go with their toughness, and they'll shock everybody. Props to the Owls and, um, you know, and the Hurricanes for getting there. But I think I think it's uh, San Diego State. We'll see. We'll see. And bummer that Jerome Tang couldn't get the job done. Yeah, bummer. Um, real quickly, I just want to point out that not only did Jerome Tang take his team to the Elite Eight, but Paul Mills is now going to be the head coach at Wichita State, which is a good basketball program. And... Grant McCaslin is in the semifinals of the NIT, so the Scotchard coaching tree is putting in work. Um, that is all for us for today. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more podcasts. Sick and Bears.
world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!